podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everyone and welcome to Then, Now and the Next Game here on Club at 22, the Rangers podcast. On this show we'll be going through the aftermath of the Old Firm win on Saturday, a roundup of all things Rangers before looking ahead to the upcoming league game away to Aberdeen on Sunday. I am your host Scott Carney and joining me tonight as ever is Ali Pearson. Hello Ali. How are we doing lads? It's actually, it's actually quite an enjoyable week that we actually don't have a midweek game so you can actually enjoy the week for once so aye, it's been quite good so far. Uh, and Scott Gable. Afternoon, boys. Good to be here again. Um, yeah, back to work this week, but I think stuff happening at weekends kind of made a wee bit better. It's definitely, definitely made working um, easier. I say I'll, I'll be all work from um, home just now, pretty much. So um, still not stop me messaging people in my lock though, just to have how you wind up. Uh, it's been quite, quite an enjoyable week. But as you say, even having this eight days between a game, it's a long time. It feels like quite a long time <laughs> for Rangers to play. I'm kind of wondering what to do with myself midweek. Um, there's only so many walks you can go on. Um, so anyway, we'll just jump into it. Um, and there is only one place to start. That is, of course, the boy, the Bahoy's trip to Dubai. No, I'm kidding on. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Of course, there's only one place to start. And it's this spectacular win for Rangers in the Old Firm Derby on Saturday at Ibrox, with Rangers winning 1-0 in a tale of the two McGregors. So as we've just touched on there, I've still not really stopped smiling about it. Um, it's... It's great, and I don't ever listen to um, Super Scoreboard, but I have been listening to it because there's a, quite a few phoning in with some interesting points. So, obviously, we're a few days on from it now, Ali. Is the smile, smile off your face yet? No, still there. It's um, The way the game went was fantastic. The only way that would have made it a wee bit better is if Alfie had actually tapped that into the back post and he'd scored that winner. It was brilliant. It was. Um, I, I, we'll probably talk about the game, but I, I watched the game back, the highlights, and I mean, we were shiting ourselves that first half, but if you actually look at the game, McGregor made, I think he made three three saves, and apart from that, all Celtic shots in the first half were from outside the box. Christie ballooned umpteen, well, a few of them into the stand. Second half didn't have much to do, McGregor. So when you take it out of the game and look at it in the cold sort of light of day, it wasn't as a bombardment as people have made it out to be in terms of we were on the ropes, but... I was delighted the way it went. I would agree, mate. I think I've obviously I've watched the game back um, quite a number of times now. Uh, literally have nothing else to do and thinking I'll just stick on the old form again to watch it. And I think obviously you're full of emotion when you're watching the game. And I do think in the kind of the, the immediate match reaction that we done um, on the old form. And obviously, if you want to play by play, then you can go back and listen uh, to that. Uh, but I think we were a wee bit harsh on Rangers, and I think. But again, it's, it's the, the emotion that you're going through. It's what you're feeling when you're watching the game. And I think we were all, I mean, I'll, I'll give cred, credit to, to Celtic. That's not something I, I often say, but they played really well in the first kind of half an hour, at least anyway. I thought they were they were really good and they took Rangers by surprise. And I think Rangers were on the back foot with it and didn't really know how to, to get themselves out. Um, but yeah, I mean... Really, after the, the absolute wonder save McGregor made, there was not much else Celtic done. They didn't really trouble McGregor um, from then on, and they kind of threw everything at us and didn't really get anywhere with it. Um, Scott, how are you feeling now, a few days after the old firm? 
Yeah, I'm a lot calmer now. You know, you, as you say, it's that kind of feeling when you're watching the game. You're just a bag of nerves. You can't really concentrate on anything. And I've noticed, I've watched it back as well. There's a lot of things that I've picked up on that I missed while watching the game, particularly our sort of defensive display in the second half when they were kind of pushing for a goal late on. Um, and yeah, as you say, as soon as McGregor makes that save in, what, about 20 minutes, Celtic are still the better team in the first half, but we weren't as far out of the game as I, as I recall from the weekend. I was, well, I, I would say... Celtic came and played the way I thought they would play. When I seen the lineup, they pressed Rangers really high at the park. I mean, I've said a few times, a couple of teams have tried this. Dundee United, St Mirren, we like to play out from the back, Rangers. Celtic pressed us. And to be honest, I think they threw everything at us in the first 30, 35 minutes. I think they gassed a wee bit, to be honest. They couldn't keep that up for 90 minutes. In the second half, you kind of seen that a wee bit. We were coming right back into the game again. We were getting more space. I mean, that ball for Tav, he couldn't have done that in the first half because they were right on us. So I, I think they they gambled in trying to throw everything else in the first half and it didn't pay off. I would agree, mate. I think I think obviously it's hindsight. Obviously after um, after watching the game back, you you, you can see the defense. And it's a good point you made, Scott, about the defensive display. I mean, really, if you were. If you were a neutral watching that game and you've got no allegiances to Rangers or Celtic, you're probably thinking to yourself, Rangers aren't going to concede here, and um, especially after Rangers scored, I, I, I think it was quite clear that we were we were going to win that game. Celtic really had nothing left, and even you see the substitutions that Lennon made. He brought on um, Scott Brown. That's a pathetic substitution to make. I mean, I'll be honest, there's no tactical sense in that at all. So again, it's not. <clears throat> It's not, it's not unlike us to be fully emotional when we're watching the old film. But I say, looking back on it now, I'm kind of going, you were a wee bit worried for nothing. I know. I think that sub we bringing Brown on, that was purely to get Morella sent off. I think. I think that was the only reason he was brought on. And he tried I think to do so. it as well. <laughs> yeah, he did, and he made an arse of it as well. I mean, it's embarrassing that. I mean, I, I, as I say, I. I Mentioned earlier, listening to Super Scoreboard, a guy came on. He was like, "Oh, Morello should have been booked for Frimpong, the Frimpong tackle, and then sent off for punching Scott Brown." I'm sorry, you cannot be that deluded. It's not possible to be that deluded. Surely, it's not that possible to be deluded. He didn't punch Scott Brown. Scott Brown put his face into Morello's hand. It's absolutely pathetic. But I would go along with that. Um, Scotia, I think he was put on to try and get a reaction out of Morello's probably. Um, it didn't work, and I've seen the wee video back after Morelos does it, and he's just standing there smiling. He's just, you can just see the smile on Morelos's face, and it's good, good to see. So, um, in the aftermath of the game, obviously Gerard, his post match, he's pretty much playing it down as you would expect Gerard to be doing, um, not making a claim on the, on the title yet, um, and Lennon, as you would expect, playing at his gallery by saying it wasn't a red card and it's not over until it's mathematically impossible. Everyone but Rangers fans really are saying that it's over. Um, I'm, I'm not there yet, so I was full of it, or full of emotion in the post-match, obviously, when we'd done the pod. I'm not fully there yet. January's, we keep saying it's huge, everything's huge, next game's huge, but these next kind of three to four games will, will determine how confident I'm going to feel going into the rest of the season. So, Ali, are you saying it's over or are you still... Nah, I, I mean, I don't know how many times I've said it in this show. Come back to me end of January, because we're away, away to Aberdeen, we're away to Motherwell, 
who else have we got? Home, uh, Ross County, away to Hibs. To me, if we can come through these next few games and even draw one of the games, as well as much as I don't want to, I want to win them all, but even if we draw one of them and come through them, yeah, I'd say it's definitely ours to lose because it's going to Petorgy next week. I mean, we've done well Aberdeen this year, but we'll come on to Aberdeen, obviously, but we've not played their full team yet. Obviously, we've been a bit lucky a couple of times we've played them. Going up there is always hard. So, yeah, I think we can afford one wee slip in January. But when I say a slip, I mean a draw somewhere. And, yeah, then I'll start looking at it then. Scott, is it over for you or are we, we waiting? No, it's not over. No, no. Now that I've had a chance to reflect, um, I'm not as confident as I was at the end of the game at the weekend. Um, you know, I'm an eternal optimist, and I can remember even thinking back when Walter Smith came in for Le Guin that we still had a chance of catching Celtic that year. Which, so you know, I need, as Ali says, this the month of January is pretty huge because what you've got to remember as well is Celtic have got the exact same amount of games as is this month as well. So come the end of January they'll still have their games in hand to play. And it just, if we can maintain the gap at 19 points, it just puts it into their mind it's further and further down the line before they can claw anything back. I'd agree with that. And I think the longer that we keep the gap the way that it is, the more pressure gets put on their games in hand. So, I, as I say, ideally, we need to match Celtic's results for the, the whole of January. If we match them... Whole of January, we've still got the nineteen the nineteen point gap. It is it's it's very much psychological. Um, at that point, I I, I hope Rangers get through with but but all wins. Um, I, I I agree we could probably afford a draw, but I don't ever want to be thinking about Rangers drawing. So it's not over for me yet, but I, I'm very very close to to getting fifty five tattooed on my face. Um, so. Uh, we'll finish on um, obviously Alan McGregor. Now there's been a, obviously a bit of a debate started on old social media, um, pretty much every Rangers site that I've seen, and it's the, the McGregor versus Gorham debate. So we will jump on this bandwagon. Now we're all very similar of age. We grew up during nine in a row. Um, in my opinion, Andy Gorham is the best keeper Rangers have ever had. Um, I think the debate for me now is McGregor the second best keeper we've ever had. Um, probably now him and Kloss are kind of battling for that position but the one save that, and I know I mean McGregor's made a wonder save on Saturday and he made he's made up teen amazing saves the Werder Bremen game comes to mind the save Andy Gorham makes from Van Hooydonk when he does that bicycle kick right in front of him that forever that will be one of the best saves I've ever seen um, I don't think I'll see a Rangers keeper ever making a better save than that so I know we're probably all going to agree with the, agree. You, know, you, you just might not agree with me, but Ali, who's who's the number one, the best number one ever, McGregor or Gorham? Uh, I mean, for for younger people listening, they've probably well, they wouldn't have seen Gorham. They've probably gone off YouTube, but he broke their hearts so many times. I mean, I told the story after the old firm when he went in. I mean, Tommy Burns, I oh, he broke his heart so many times. He went into there, threw the glove in, went smell the glove. I mean, when it was that game, we went to Parkhead. It was 1-0. Celtic, Gascoigne missed a penalty. Gorham kept us in, and they had a penalty. Gorham saved it. And you, yeah. I mean, he, he broke their heart so many times. Not just Celtic, other games as well. I mean, talking about McGregor, I mean, that save at the weekend was, was world-class. I mean, Scotia went on about the, the penalty save against, against Samaras those years ago, which again helped us go on and win the title. So mm-hmm. it's 
In fact, actually, somebody actually said, see that penalty save against Samaras? See if, they, if Celtic scored that, Celtic would be in 10 in a row at the moment. Because, oh, yeah, because that be. was, I thought it was quite a good fact in the fact nah, that he stopped him then and there. So, But no, McGregor, he's outstanding, but I mean, we've met all, met Andy Gordon as well. I mean, <laughs> Carney, you've played pool with him as well. You beat him at pool. I've got that in video as well, so we do have evidence. <laughs> but no, it's the goalie for me. He's not, he's, I mean, he's not called the goalie for nothing. So uh, yeah. aye, it's Andy Gordon for me. Scotia, Gorham or McGregor? Yeah, there's no disagreement at all for me. It's Gorham. I think it'll always be Gorham. But I've been noticing McGregor has been slowly creeping up closer and closer to Gorham. I think McGregor's now further in front than Kloss was. And for I came into football just I started watching football that I can remember just as Woods had left Rangers. So there might be older bears that would put Woods in that conversation. But for me, yeah, it's got to be Gorham. As Ali said, it's, it's not just the games against Celtic, it's the games against Aberdeen, games against Tibbs, uh, it's, it's performance like in our, uh, the 92-93 uh, European Cup run. Um, yeah. The only thing I would say, though, I mean, we are in an era now where a goalkeeper is a sweeper-keeper. They play with the, the ball at the feet and they come out. Andy Gorham, that wasn't how they... I mean, Andy Gorham, he didn't take... I mean, he, he had people take it by kicks from him and stuff. He couldn't... He didn't take them because the knees were gubbed. So I mean, it's different years. I would only the only criticism I would say with Alan McGregor in terms of modern football now, how we like to play it from the back, he gives me the utter fear when the ball's at his feet. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant shot starter, but he gives me the fear when the ball's at his feet. Yeah, and Andy uh, Gordon probably couldn't do that either. If you think about it, he probably couldn't do that. But it, it's a modern day goalkeeper now, so uh, that's another kind of factor to it. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I think maybe on the stat alone that you just said, mate, that that McGregor save against Samaras um, has stopped them getting 10 already, then I would pretty much say he is in front of Kloss. I would say it's now, in my, my personal opinion, it's the goalie and then it's then it's McGregor and then Kloss. Um, but yeah, no, you're right, it is. It's, goalkeepers, it's like everything in football, everything changes and Gorham is not in any way, shape or form the same keeper that... McGregor is, but they they both have the ability to just pull out a save for your going. Did you see what just happened? Like it's like a save that you just can't ever see happening, and you can't believe when it's happened. So it's it is a debate, and it's probably one for a show. To be honest, um, we could probably get older and older bears on, younger bears on to go through that one. But yeah, I was there in agreement that it's. Not by much, but it's still Andy Gorham, and um, I think McGregor would probably need to play for another five years, win us another five titles, and I might say that he's better than Gorham, but no, it's, it's the goalie for me. So we will move on from that. So we'll just move into the kind of news that's been happening around Rangers. Um, not really much to, to go into. Um, it's quite a quiet week so far, to be honest. Um, there was an announcement by Club, uh, Club 1872. They've bought their first shares with the agreement that they have with Dave King. They have purchased their first shares from Dave King, and it's took them to around 5%, I think, but there's still obviously quite a wee bit to go in that. So apart from that, um, we'll just jump into kind of the transfer rumours. Obviously, we're in the, the, tra- the January transfer window just now. So the first kind of major bit of news was Kai Kennedy's returned from Inverness. And by a number of sources, a number of kind of big sources, it looks like he's about to sign a new deal and it will be going back out on loan to Rafe Rovers. So, Scott, what's your what's your thoughts on this, your thoughts on Kai Kennedy? Yeah, we'd be absolutely delighted if he um, actually signed a, 
contract extension with us. Um, he's a really talented youngster. Um, obviously, there's been paper talk about you know Milan, Roma, I think Man City, all these kind of clubs interested in him. So if we can tie him down, um, that would be absolutely fantastic in my book. Um, we want to try and bring through these youth players. I mean, we've not had a, if you think about it, we've not had a huge amount really talented youth players coming through and making an impact at Rangers, McGregor being one of them. So if we can get Kennedy tied down and he can become someone like that, that would be absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, I agree. Ali, your thoughts on Kai Kennedy and the new deal, hopefully? Yeah, he's, he's a good wee player. I mean, he's small. I mean, he's really small, but I mean, you can say about Messi, he's small, <laughs> but he is, I always think these guys are lightweight in Scottish football, but He's um no I've seen him I've seen him for uh, Inverness in a few games this season in Buddy BBC Alba and he, he looks he looks he looks decent. He looks decent, looks a tricky wee player. Looks like he could probably give cover to Ryan Kent. Not this season though, not this season. But to go to Wraith Rovers, they're doing well in the championship. They're up near the top of the championship, so no, I think that could be a good move from him. And yeah, like Scotia said, it'd be good to see a bit of youth come through. I mean the only real one we've probably got promise with is is Patterson, who's on the bench. Most weeks now, and apart from that, I mean, yeah, there's nobody really coming through in that youth system, so no, it'd be good to get him tied down. I think as well, we have to take into consideration where we've been for the last decade, and it's maybe not been the time for Rangers to to push through youth players. So I mean, it, it's all swings and roundabouts, I suppose, but. Yeah, I think Rangers should be producing more youth players. Um, Kai Kendi is a promising wee player. I've seen him a few times as well. Um, I understand what you're saying, Ali. He's small. He is small, but he's a very, very tricky little player. He looks, um, he's got a good footballing brain, as they say, so using the, the footballing cliches. But in terms of bringing through the youth, I say, I think we do have to take into consideration just that we've not been in the position to give these players the, probably the chance they deserve because us as fans obviously are so desperate for the success um, so desperate to get back to, to where we, we where we belong that they wouldn't get the fair chance they wouldn't get their fair crack at the whip and we would be too quick to, to judge I mean we're quick enough to judge multi-million pound players that we bring in I mean we're quickly if they have one bad game or they're going oh he's not good enough or whatever and, um, but I mean yeah so Kai Kendi is probably the next kind of promising one um, and hopefully he does Send a new deal, get Ray Frovers and just continue to kick on. As you say, probably would be kind of cover for one of our, our false forwards, if you like. So just while we're on the the, um, the youth players, um, Rangers and Celtic have permission to propose a new plan for the Colts team to be added to for a Colts team, sorry, to be added to League Two. Um, now, obviously, this got rejected in summer. What's your thoughts on the whole Colts situation, Ali? Is, is it something you're for? Is it something you're against? Uh, yeah, I'd like, I mean, if they go into the, the league system, the whole idea is they, they obviously can't, well, they can't come up to a premiership, so yeah, I, yeah, I, I think it'd be good, it'd be good for us, they're playing against season pros and also I think it would bring a bit to the league as well I mean, imagine Rangers Colts are playing on a, a different day than we are, we're in a away game and they've got, a, you could maybe go and see them again someday, it would maybe bring a bit of money into the lower leagues as well, so yeah, I'm kind of for it, to be honest. Scott, your thoughts, Nicole? Um, from a Rangers point of view, I wouldn't have any issues with it, but I know for a fact that it's not going to fly with the lower league teams. I mean, my dad's an Albion Rovers fan. 
he wouldn't want them in. I've got family that are Wraith Rovers fans. They don't want a cold, old firm teams in because it devalues their league. And, you know, as Ali was saying, they, obviously they can't get promoted. But what ha- would happen if they finish bottom of League Two and then they would get knocked out if the Lowland League or Highland League club put them out? The Rangers and Celtic then just go, oh, well, we'll just take them out then. So it's, I, I, I don't see it happening. I think from a Rangers point of view, you know, the points that Ali's made, yes, it would be good for us, but it's, I don't think it's ever going to happen. I, I would I would tend to go along with that. I think the, the idea behind it is really good. I understand w- why it would benefit Rangers and benefit Celtic for both to have a cold team. It stops the, the need to get players out and loan as much. It stops the... It gives youth players the opportunity to go and play football against guys that are, as you said, early season pros, the guys that have been there and done this. So... Yeah, I totally get it from a Rangers point of view, but as I say, I, I can completely understand people that are in the lower leagues and people who are supporters of the lower leagues that are just not for this. As I say, I think they look at it as kind of devaluing their, their league and you've got to kind of respect that. So I say it's a good idea for Rangers. I, I think if this one gets knocked back, I think we should just probably just leave it there and not bother trying to force something through that's obviously not wanted in Scottish football. But we'll wait and see where it goes, but I would, I would tend to go along with this, this probably won't happen so we'll stick to the transfers now of people um, possibly going out now it's the usual kind of suspects popping up everywhere that you look so there's Stuart, Jones, Edmondson Middleton etc so there's nothing really concrete, it does look like Jordan Jones has we're looking to accept sort of either a loan or any sort of permanent move for him so great loss to any of you Ali, great loss to you if Jones goes See we signed Jones. I honestly thought good signing. He was quick. He was direct. I honestly thought him and Kent either side of a Morelos up top would look good. But he's he's fucking ruined it for himself, Jordan Jones. How many times has he made an arse or something? I mean, see when he did that daft challenge in the old firm last year. I mean, Gerard fucking fell out with him then, and obviously with the COVID thing. So he's just a daft. Well, we say a daft boy. He's twenty six, twenty seven, <laughs> Jordan Jones, but. No, we all, I mean, they've been available the last couple of games, I think, and we've not seen any of them near the bench, so that says to me the two of them will be gone, and he'll mend them, he'll mend them. Yeah, Scotia, are you along the, the same thinking of that, or do you think Jones is one we should maybe look to keep? No, I think Jones burnt his bridges with me um, pretty much after the old firm game, but then the COVID thing just sealed it, really. He's, it's done a laugh at it. He's had his chance, and he's completely, completely thrown it away. Um, he is a good player. And I would like to see him do well, but no, for me, he's, he's just ruined it for himself. And I don't get on board with it, really, to be honest. Yeah, I'd agree. I think it's, um, I think the whole COVID party thing um, was just a, the kind of final nail in his Rangers career. It was kind of, he'd made the rod for his own back at that point and he'll look to go on. Um, I think he'll look to move on as well. Um, so the best for him, as I say, I don't think it's going to happen for him. In terms of Edmondson, Middleton, Stewart, as I said, I think Stewart's probably another one that we might look to offload. I don't think he's really required anymore just due to the kind of number of players that we have in his sort of position and the forward positions. And he's, he's definitely well down the pecking order. And we Middleton, I just don't think it's worked out for him. I mean, Middleton is still really young. 
Um, I think I forget how young he is. I think he's only 21. Um, yeah, it's Angus's birthday the other week, actually. 21. Yeah, so, I mean, he is still young. Alone could possibly still kind of rescue his Rangers career, um, but I don't know if it's going to be the same kind of situation as McCrory, where he's going to turn around and say, look, I don't want to go on loan. I would rather just go and sell that club and kind of go on with it. So, we need to wait and see. I said nothing concrete yet, but I'm sure these rumours will, will gather pace at some point. So, there was talk of kind of big names going. Um, I've heard a few different op- opinions and people saying maybe we should look to get rid of some um, just now, maybe get the replacements in while there's such a big gap in, um, in the league. I- I'm not one for that, but I did have a conversation with a few bears on the Rangers on Tour Instagram page um, about Morelos going. Now, I only, I only mentioned that I could see Morelos going purely based on if the money was right. And the only reason I say that is probably down to Roof's form. And obviously the model that Rangers are running on, the way the club's running, we're going to have to sell players soon. Not because we're going to get into admin again, as they would love to let you believe that's going to happen, but purely based on the way we're trying to turn over players, somebody's going to have to go. Now, in my personal opinion, Morelos hasn't been spectacular in the terms of goal scoring, but he's still contributing to the team. But I'll openly ask both of you, Somebody comes in for 15 million tomorrow and says, I want Alfredo, and they're offering, what, 11 million, 12 million up front. He would go, would he not? Ali? Well, we knocked back, well, we, we, knocked, well, we know we knocked back 16 million in the summer, because that's what the, yeah. the Lille president came out and said, and we probably should have taken that at the time, to be honest, because 60 million pounds is a lot of money, especially with COVID crisis and everything. And it's a difficult one, because. He's not scored many goals in Morelos. He's not been outstanding, but I mean he is playing a different role this, this season. My only fear is if we get rid of Morelos, we would need to bring a backup in, definitely. We need to have somebody because Roof, to me, everywhere he's been, he's had an injury. And I mean, I don't know if he's fit for Aberdeen and we were told he maybe had a niggle there at Celtic. That would give me the fear. If he got injured, you would be kind of goose because you've got only Defoe in it. And so... I expect in the summer for him to leave, along with possibly a Kamara and maybe somebody else, maybe a Barisic. I really expect that, but 11 million? No, not in January. January, you can get more money for players because people are scrambling about looking for players in January. So, no, I wouldn't let him go for that in January. Scott, what do you think if the money's right, Jank Morelos goes? No, the money would need to have, have to be better than all right. For him to go, to be honest, I don't think we should be selling any any of our big assets um, during the January transfer window. We've done it in the past, and it's um, come back to haunt us a bit with Hutton. Um, so, no, I wouldn't be selling Morelos unless it was ridiculous silly money. Unless it was like a 16, 17 million again, then then I would con- seriously consider it. But no, not for a Kenny, an 11 million pound. No. No, I don't. I mean, I'm I'm pretty positive. I'm pretty certain that Gerard is not wanting anybody to leave. But every player has their price. Um, so I know it's it is silly season, and there could be some bids coming in from all over the place for kind of all different types of players that we have in the kind of the starting eleven, if you like. So it's it's just one. I think. Suppose we'll just need to wait and see. But I, I think 
Gerard's probably going to fight for absolutely everybody to stay. I think some will see we will see changes. Um, I'm hoping Morelos doesn't go. By the way, I'm not I'm not sitting here thinking that I want Morelos to leave because I don't want Morelos to leave. He is my absolutely favourite lunatic. He's he's my favourite, so I, I I want him to stay. Um, I think he still offers so much to us, especially coming up to Europe as well. So so we're just wait and see. Um, again, in terms of coming ins, there's nothing really been released so far. But this is the way Rangers kind of do their business. They keep it quite quiet. So, then if you think Scott will come to you first, is there any, any position that you would like Rangers to maybe go out and consider buying someone for? Not to, as a, obviously as a replacement, but a possible backup? Um, I don't really think it's a case of a backup. I think it's a case of getting someone in to look to the future. So, maybe like for a season, season and a half down the line when they would come in. Because what you've got to remember as well, this transfer window is we've managed to get a wee bit of an extension um, to the rules. So obviously Brexit's happened now, um, but we've got an extension that we don't need to kind of meet the protocols that will be in place in the summer with, with European players having to have played a certain amount of international games. So there could be some kind of young sort of talent in the continent that the backroom staff have been looking at that now might be the chance to get them in so that we can kind of circumnavigate this, um, this rule that will be coming into force in the summer. Yeah, that's a good point, mate. Um, it's a very good point. Uh, so that is a, a, a possibility. I, I would I would tend to go along the same lines. I really don't feel anybody needs replaced right now, and it's been a long time since I've sat at a, in a, a transfer window thinking that we shouldn't be going out and buying someone immediately to go straight into the team. I think the team's looking good all round. Um, but Jack and Arfield hopefully back fit soon. Then we're looking good, we're looking strong. Ali, is there any for you? Yeah, I get what Scott's saying with the, the old the old Brexit in terms of bring somebody in now where you can instead of waiting until the summer where you might handicap yourself. So I, no, I get what he's going down with that one. The, the only the only area, and <laughs> we wouldn't have said this about four weeks ago, is possibly the middle of the park because with Jack and Arfield, I'd like to know how when they're due back. I mean, we don't know when they're due back. If they're going to be longer than we expect, the only thing I would possibly look at would be maybe a lone player just to tide us over at the end of the season in that area because I did think at the weekend there we were looking at the bench going you've only got Zungu to bring on there who he's neat and tidy Zungu he's not really had a chance Zungu so we can't really judge him that much but yeah that's the only area I would say at the moment unless Jack and Arfield are due back in the next couple of weeks but we don't know yeah I would I'd agree with you mate um Maybe a wee bit harsh on Zungu. I, I, again, it's I don't think it's right to rate the boy yet. He needs a he needs a good few runs in the team. I think before we pass judgment. Uh, but yeah, possibly. Um, one quick one. I was going to say not a transfer in as such, but Balogun's contract comes up at the end of the year, so I don't know if it's worth considering. I know he's thirty three, is he? But I don't know if it's maybe worth considering a wee extension in him. I would definitely sign him. I would definitely sign him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would. I would. I didn't even. I didn't realise that. Um, Scotia, to be fair, um, 100%. I would get Balogun a contract. I don't think there's really any question in that. I think we would all agree on that. He deserves a contract. Yes. Yeah, and you've got Davis and McGregor's contracts up. Defoe's contracts up. Defoe, I'd be a no on, but Davis and McGregor, I'd give a year to. Yeah, I would agree with that, Scott. Yeah, no, that's yeah, that was that would be my thoughts as well. Well, okay, right. So we'll move on. So again, I know this 
very much aware this is a Rangers podcast, but I think it would it would be wrong of us not to mention the debacle of Dubai um, that's happening right now for our, our neighbours across the city. Now this is this case keeps going. It's like getting worse and worse. So I don't want to spend too much time on it, but we'll just kind of touch on what's happening. So unless you've been living under a rock since Saturday, then you you know that Celtic are in Dubai. Now, in all honesty, right, I don't care about this. It, it makes no difference to me if they're away, if they're here. I honestly don't care. It's not my, it's not my business. I really, I, 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 I don't care. I'm just glad Rangers didn't go away. That's really it. Um, but this has not really been done in the the, what were the kind of the best taste, if you like. It's not been done in the best taste for them, for the pandemic, for the season, for for everything really. And it's it's raising a lot more questions than I thought it ever would. So SNP ministers have been involved. First Minister Nicola Sturgeon's made comment on it. SFE are making comments on it, Celtic are making comments on it, Lennon's making comments on it, and I think this is a bit to go yet, and I, I, I've literally just seen there that I think Kilmarnock and St Murren are now going to use this um, against the SFA for the decision um, the decision to let Celtic go on this trip um, and their appeal for their COVID breaches. The pictures of them sitting with a beer, getting pictures with fans, etc. So this is just that's a bit of a mess, is it not, Ali? Yeah, I think... What we're in at the moment, I mean, we're in a lockdown very similar to March at the moment. I, I think it's wrong. I know Celtic booked this trip back in November when we were in Tier 3 or whatever, but they had a chance to cancel this. I think it, it looks wrong, to even to Celtic fans, are 19 points behind. I mean, it, flip it. If this was Rangers 19 points behind, and we say Rangers in Dubai sitting in a pool... I'd be furious, mate. I'd be furious. I'd be absolutely raging about it. It's, but I mean, I mean, the SFA have come out today. I mean, Nicholas Sturgeon, which I was surprised about, came out and actually said about the photos. I mean, it doesn't look good. I mean, see if Celtic went out there. I mean, uh, technically they're not broken rules, but if they went out to Dubai to a training camp solely, they stayed at the training camp and that's where they were. They didn't go anywhere else. You could maybe go fair enough. I still wouldn't agree with it. But pictures of them in hotels, getting photos with fans, going to bars. I mean, to me, there's, it's breaking rules. I mean, I know they're in Dubai. Dubai has different rules to us. But still, they are supposed to be in a bubble, Celtic. It just, it doesn't sit well, I don't think. And I think it's it's making a mock of it. And the SFA coming out today, after Nicola Sturgeon coming out saying they should investigate, they've come out today and said, no, we're not. And it just, you knew they would come out and say that. So, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, they have come out and said that, but I think the only reason they've came out and said that is because they knew that it was happening and knew Celtic were going to do it. So they're not going to investigate what, as I say, I don't want to kind of play on the words that were used, but they're not going to investigate Celtic's decision to go to Dubai. Now, I'm of the opinion that I do think it's wrong, right? I, I, don't, I, I know I said that I didn't care at the start. I don't really care, um, but... I, it doesn't look good. It's not. It wasn't the right time to do it. And surely somebody at Celtic should have said, "See, even if you're going to go, going to keep yourself out of the public eye. Going to, if you'd want to have a drink when you get there, get something sorted with a hotel. There's there's press rooms, there's conference rooms, there's other places that they could use. Why did they sit and do it at the pool? And the only one other thing I would say about Dubai, half of the fucking UK is out in Dubai at the moment. If you're yes. on Instagram and Twitter, they're all over there. So. 
if Celtic players are out there, I mean, you see people have got cameras these days. They're going to get mm. snapped easy. So, ah, it's it's just daft. What were you, Scorch? What were you thinking on it? Ah, it looks absolutely horrific. You know, we're all stuck in the house. All everyone's cancelled their holidays last year, looking very unlikely for this year. And then, yeah, you see that. Um, I've not get. I've not really got. Well. I've got an issue with them going over there and the SFA allowing them to go over there, but they were allowed. It wasn't breaking any any rules, so that's one of the reasons the SFA, I think, have come out and said they're not investigating. That's what they're not investigating. Um, what they do they probably will need to look at is all these photos that have that have popped up, um, you know, and them all sitting around in the bar, things having drinks, you know, Lennon and Brown at the pool, <laughs> um, <laughs> and they're in close proximity to other people. That are there. I mean, I can. Un- You've seen the pics of like Shane Duffy getting his photo taken with the fan. Now, yeah. can I have a wee bit of sympathy for football players at that point because when a fan sees one of their players for the team that they support in the street, they are going to go up and ask for a photo, and you know they're probably not going to turn them away. Uh, but it just looks horrible. And um, you know, as Ali was saying, you know, half the UK are out there. I think what was it? Four women from the Man City women's team. Were out in Dubai. I think they weren't out there as any part of any team thing. I think they just went out on their own. They were given permission, but they've come back and they've now got COVID. Now whether or not they've got COVID over there or sorry elsewhere, but you know that's the impact it could potentially have if they're mixing. As it clearly seems to be the case that they are. And, and I would also um, Hibs have been inconvenienced in all this as well because the SFA sanctioned all this without even speaking to Hibs. And their game get moved to the Monday, and they they didn't even get a say in this Hibs, which I think shocking. Which hopefully fucking puts a a firework up their arse Hibs to go and do them on the back <laughs> end of Monday. But that that's another one as well. They weren't even. It was basically the deal was done before even asking Hibs as well, which I thought was shocking too. Yeah, it does. I don't I don't agree with it. Um, as I say, it's. My, my kind of gripe, but it's not really that they're there because, again, by the looks of all things that I've seen, they haven't actually broke any rules um, and they've gone and everybody kind of knew that they were going. I think what needs to be questioned um, and I think what the biggest beef everybody has with it is why did they let this happen? Why did they allow this to happen? Why did somebody not think... Do you really have to go to Dubai? Really have to go to Dubai to do a training um, camp? I, I'm not sure if you do need to go and do a training, a training camp in Dubai, but as I say, my opinion of it really is why make it so public what you're doing? I mean, you're in Dubai. There's going to be plenty of places you could have went from nobody with the city. You could have spent time at the place that you're training. They've probably got a big conference room. You could have everything brought to you. It's just, it's just such a daft decision by Celtic and, and Lennon, I think. Yeah, no, as I was saying, you know, people's holidays were cancelled, mine's was cancelled. And when we got that wee kind of break, you know, when we came back out of lockdown and stuff and things started opening up, I'd looked in at the possibility of going away somewhere in the Mediterranean for a couple of days over a weekend. And, you know, I was considering it, but I had to think to myself, no, we're in the middle of a pandemic, you shouldn't be doing this. So why no one at Celtics thought we shouldn't be doing this? I don't know. And I don't understand what benefit they're getting for going out to Dubai for what? Are they out for what, four or five days? Something Straight like back. That, yeah. I don't understand that. And one other thing is, Celtics get three league games to get squeezed in between now and the split. This week was a perfect week to put them in. So another one of the SFA bossed up. So yeah, <laughs> you I th- get through it all. I think the SFA will 
will just hope this disappears and nothing comes it because I think there's a wee bit left in this now and especially with, with Kamarnock and um was it Kamarnock and St Mirren have both kind of put their head above the parapet and said, Well, we are going to use this in our, our investigation that's going to us for the the kind of COVID breaches. So I think it's a bit of a, a mess from Celtic. Um it's laughable for me because it just adds more pressure onto them for the, the state that the cl- current club's in just now. But we'll leave talking about them there and we will move on to the our preview of the Aberdeen game on Sunday. Now it's always a big game obviously going up to Petodre. Um they they drew nothing each with Dundee United at the weekend there. Um, so it's always a, always a tough fixture, always one you kind of look out for. Rangers obviously won um, the first first game of this league campaign uh, in Aberdeen by a goal to nil, um, coming from Ryan Kent. And a game that also could have a red card for a hammer thrower, Considine, um, on Arfield. And it's a game Rangers really should have won by more than one now, but I will take one now on Sunday right now. Not a problem at all. Hand me it. I will take it and go on about it. So, Ali, what's your, your thoughts? They're currently sitting third in the league. They're doing doing quite well just now. Yeah, they're doing all right. They've drawn quite a few games recently. I've actually noticed they've actually not scored many goals, which doesn't mm. surprise me. They've got a big concern up front. Like I said earlier on, we've been quite jammy the first two games we played them this season. The first game, obviously, they were missing a lot of players due to the they were all at the pub member, and then the last one because because <laughs> of, of COVID, and they were missing Ferguson, and obviously McCrory's out the loan deal, and I think McLennan was missing. So we've been kind of lucky facing Aberdeen. They'll be we know what we get Aberdeen. They'll sit. They'll have Cosgroves up. Up there as a battering ram. There was that guy who's at Hedges. I thought was that looked quite good at Ibrox. He looked quite fast. He looked a good player, but they'll be physical. That's the only our midfield. I, I, I said a reboot and Kamara needed to step up at the weekend against Celtic. And we, we, we know what happened to Rebo. We thought he looked like a scared boy, but they'll be physical, Aberdeen. And that's my only worry in the middle of the park. That's my only worry. But no, like you had to take a 1 0 win again <laughs> straight away. I know, but other Scott thoughts for Aberdeen on Sunday. Yeah, Aberdeen are playing like Aberdeen played, aren't they? They're kind of at some points they're looking as if they're going to be kind of up there challenging and about, but then they fall away, get these draws. I seen the highlights from the Dundee United game. You know, and they were the far better team in the first half, um, but they weren't making any chances. Um, they did. I mean, um, what's his name? Cosgrove, he wasn't even, he didn't even start, um, and then Dundee United came into it again in the second half, and it was, you know, David I probably won had Shanklin uh, connected with one of the chances he had, um, but yeah, Aberdeen are playing like they are. I can't expect them to play the same way they've played against us the last couple of games. So yeah, one 0 right now <laughs> to me. To, yeah, as well. do me nicely as well, mate. To be fair, it's a good point. I think you made. Uh, Ali about the, the kind of midfield, but as I say, they, they're kind of losing McCrory. Um, Ferguson's fit for them though, yeah, he's back. He'll be fit. The boy so, McLennan as well. So yeah, so I mean, yeah. decent. Ferguson's a decent player. Obviously, he does a wee bit of link with well, he's been linked with Rangers, but I don't know if that's just the the easy link that the the media are using. That obviously um, he's related to Barry. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's quite hard, but no, obviously the press conference probably isn't till Friday, I think. Um, but in terms of the team, so I think it will be pretty much unchanged. If Roof's even got a slight knock and he's not recovered fully after this um, this week, 
um, of, of kind of no games, no midweek game, then I think Hadji will start instead of him. But apart from that, I see the same team. Ali, would you say the same? Yeah, I'm the same. I've got my exact same team as that, that started against Celtic. And the only one I've got is the question mark over Roof, which I would yeah. say Hadji. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's the team I've got. Scott, do you think any major changes will happen or do you think it will be pretty much unchanged? No, I think I'm similar to you. That's kind of the team I expect. You've obviously got Hellander potentially to come in. And I, th- I do I do think Hadji will probably start. I think he deserves to start after his yeah. last few performances and the way but he changed the game. Who would you, who well, would you take out? Well, I, I, I don't think Roof will be playing. I think, right. well, obviously we'll, we'll need to so wait and What happens if Roof's fit though? Would you still play Hadji? Maybe take out Kent, but the manager won't take out Kent. Oh, he does oh. well against the sheep, though. He does, aye. It's a tough one, though. I mean, I can totally understand the argument of, of, of Hadji deserving a start, and he probably does deserve a start, but it's the way our front three are just now. Um, there's no way Morelos isn't playing. Morelos will play against the sheep because he always does, and he loves a fight with that um, McKenna. Is it McKenna? He always fights with. Well, he's not there any- Aye, but he's not there anymore. He's, oh, is he not? He's at Northern shush, Forest now. Shush, shush how much interest that being <laughs> Aberdeen done it. Um, my mum's boyfriend will love that one. Um, but uh, yeah, so but I still think Alfie will play because it'll be big conscious and he'll be up against them, won't it? So yeah. um, he'll definitely play. So I mean, I do get Hadji should probably start. I suppose we need to wait and see what the press conference brings us. Um, if Roof's not fit, then it will be Hadji. If Roof is fit, then it's a... A bit of a decision for, for Steven Gerrard to make. So, I know we're, we're four days away for the game, lads, but score predictions, I'm I'm going to go for a 1-0 at Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> Ali? You've tinged. I've got 1-0 as well. That's what I've got. <laughs> I, I, think it'll be, I honestly think it'll be a slog up there. I really do. And I can see it being decided by a set piece or something, or even a penalty is, but I 1-0, I think. Penalty at Rangers, you mean? Penalty at Rangers? Penalty at Rangers, aye. Scott? Yeah, I've went two one. I think it'll be a tight game as well, and I think we might we could even go behind, but I think we've got enough off about don't us to come that. back in it. God, so, don't say that, mate. God, I can't take go behind, <laughs> mate. <laughs> um, so yeah, I say we'll know more obviously after the press conference, but um, it'll be a tough match. I don't think there's any doubt. I don't think you ever get really an easy match up there. So three o'clock kickoff on Sunday, Sky Sports, I think, in it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah. Bring it on. Um, three points is all that matters, Rangers. So we'll finish up with, we've not done it in a wee while, we'll do our, our social media bits of the week. Obviously, it's just after a, a spectacular, never in doubt, um, one-sided win for Rangers against Celtic. So there's been plenty going about. Um, as I say, Super Scoreboard's been a particular highlight, but I'm going to go for one that's just happened um since Celtic went to Dubai and it's the, the absolute genius of somebody photoshopping in a little girl in front of Duffy while they're sitting on the sun lounger and the caption is it is unacceptable that Celtic are 19 points behind and Duffy's sitting braiding Lex out here <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so that's uh, that's the most I've laughed at to be fair that that made me laugh don't get me wrong Super Scoreboard has been brilliant but uh, that's that's what I'm going for this week Ali Right. How that guy in Super Scoreboard, by the way? And his name is Declan as well, so set it up lovely. We all knew who he was. And for him to actually say about that, he thought that was real. I mean, I thought, is this must be a wind up, surely he's talking about that. But no, I've got I've got two. I've got obviously, you remember that big Diddy Iyer was clapping when he had a challenge in Morelos in the second yeah. half. He, 
Well, there was one that I bet Christopher Iyer when the plane landed in Dubai. I bet he clapped. <laughs> <laughs> I it was like Christian. I I clapped when the plane landed Barcelona or something like yeah, that. That was pretty good. And and the the only other one, which is a complete left field one, which we've seen today, was obviously we are playing Royal Antwerp. They are one of their players is trying to force through a he's trying to force through a move to I think it's Panathinaikos. And he turned up in an Anderlecht top to train it today, trying to get in, and they wouldn't let him in. But imagine a Rangers player did that and turned up with a Celtic top on trying to get in Ibrox. God, they wouldn't get though. That's true though. They wouldn't get in. I thought it was absolutely mental. (laughs) Do not threaten to then turn up on with another team's top as well before he came out with his apology. (laughs) (laughs) So, Scotia, you get any highlights for us? Yeah, but it's been pretty good this week. Fairly funny and super scoreboard and whatnot. But um, the one that quite I quite enjoyed was um, seen last night. Um, a boy had um, tweeted David Edgar at heart and hand, and it was to do with the SPFL highlight reel that goes up. And as you know, there's no commentary attached to them. And when um, Jane Duffy goes in for that tackle or that fibble, I should say, assault on Kent, you can just hear in the background David Edgar's voice saying, "He is awful." <laughs> <laughs> and then a few, it's really good and then a few seconds after that you just this Kenny laugh coming out in the background and, uh, oh we lost Scotia I think we've lost you at the end of Scotia I think we've lost Scotia well <laughs> Scotia you were on a roll then as well I mate know. so that's unfortunate but um, yeah I know what he's talking about and yeah it does blatantly sound like David Edgar mate done it it really does ah, he's definitely his voice well he's taking care yeah. of it anyway <laughs> yeah, but it has been a spectacular week. Actually, just go on Twitter. I'm, I'm sure you all have anyway, but uh, just go on Twitter. Um, it's, it's been brilliant. So um, I'll leave it there. Um, I'll thank you all for listening. Um, and if you've liked what you've heard and you'd like to support us and help us grow, um, then like, subscribe, and share anywhere that you can. And if you're listening, where you're listening, sorry, um, you can rate and comment, then please do so. We would love to hear from you. Um, you can also get in touch with us and follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Just search for Club at 22, the Rangers podcast, and we will pop up. So, oh, Scott, you're back. Uh, hello, sorry, yeah, it all froze up there. I didn't. I don't know where you've lost me. But That's yeah, right. You got. Am. You got just to the end of your story, mate. You're just back for me in time to thank you coming on. So, Scotia, thank you very much for your time today, mate. Yeah, cheers, guys. And Ali, thanks again, mate. No problem. I think somebody must have stopped pedalling in that bike. Scotia uses to work his <laughs> Wi-Fi, so <laughs> you got to see them get the whip out there and whip them to get them going again. But no, no, oh. pleasure, guys, as always. So we are Club at 22, the Rangers podcast, and we will speak to you again next time. And in the words of Alan McGregor. Cheers, thank you.